Our next guest is an author, a businessman, a diplomat, currently serving as the UAE's Assistant Minister for Culture and Public Diplomacy. Welcome His Excellency Omar Gobash to light candle number three. Thank you, Omar. That's what it sounded like last Sunday in Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates, at an unlikely Hanukkah party hosted in the Canadian Pavilion at Expo 2020. And the MC for the candlelighting and for the sit-down Canadian dinner, which was strictly kosher, by the way, was none other than Canada's ambassador to the UAE, Marcy Grossman. She's a Montrealer by birth, with a long diplomatic career spent mostly in the U.S., and for the last three years, she's been representing Canada in the United Arab Emirates, but also finding herself acting as a sort of unofficial ambassador to all things Jewish there. Grossman is actually at the center of the growing Jewish presence in the UAE, with a community of about 3,000 people that's literally come out of hiding as the UAE embraces its new relationship with Israel following the signing of the Abraham Accords last year. And for Grossman, that has led her to become more observant of her Judaism in an unexpectedly welcoming place. I've never actually felt safer anywhere in the world than I do in the UAE. And many, many Jews who come here say that. Um, A lot of people say that they feel safe wearing a kippah in Dubai than they do in other Western countries. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, December the 14th, 2021. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Marcy Grossman is Canada's ambassador to a country that has the tallest building in the world, the Burj Khalifa, massive oil reserves, some of the world's best airlines, and since signing the Abraham Accords with Israel in September of last year, is now a must-do destination for tens of thousands of Israeli tourists and for Canadian Jewish organizations. Even Israel's Prime Minister Naftali Bennett made his first state visit to the UAE on Monday. It's also a country that's long received poor marks when it comes to women's rights, repression of same-sex marriages, stifled opponents of the hereditary sheiks who run the country, and no real freedom of the press. But Grossman felt the country chose her. After she spent half a year in Ottawa in charge of designing the Canadian Pavilion, which she now proudly shows off, And then she arrived first in Dubai as consul in 2018, and then was promoted to full ambassador in 2019. Coming up, Marcy Grossman will be here to unpack being part of historic geopolitical events that are changing relationships between Arabs and Jews in the Middle East. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I am Rabbi Avram Plotkin of Chabad Markin, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Ottawa's Marsike Hadas Synagogue has decided to shut its doors for a week after a child attending programming on Saturday appears to have tested positive for COVID. I say appears because the synagogue says in a statement that the child took a rapid antigen test and it came back positive, so now they're waiting for the results of the PCR test to see what's what. Meanwhile, they're advising everyone whose children attended youth programming and then ate kiddish together on Saturday morning to self-isolate, especially if the kids are not vaccinated. The synagogue's president says Ottawa Public Health did not ask them to shut the building down, but they're doing it anyway to be safe and not to take any chances. <laughs> 
Ambassador Marcy Grossman joins us now from Abu Dhabi, which is nine hours ahead of Toronto. What was the week like and, and, and how did it come together, the Hanukkah uh, exhibition? So what happened was uh, the Jewish Agency for Israel, uh, the rep- there's a representative here, uh, came to me and said, the Jewish Agency has received a very sizable donation from a Canadian donor and the donor would like you to do something um, at the Canada Pavilion. And I said to Sarah, my colleague and friend uh, from the Jewish Agency, I said, why don't we do Hanukkah at the Canada Pavilion? Uh, so we did that. And the donor turned out to be Alan Greenberg of the Minto family. It was about a four-part event. We had a candle lighting outside of the Canada Pavilion. We built a five-foot menorah. Uh, we had to use artificial lights because the Canada Pavilion is made up of wood. So we did not want to take any chances. But we lit candles. It was a multi-faith event. We had um, the Grand Imam from France. We had uh, Emirati ministers. We had the Jewish community. Uh, it was a very diverse and inclusive event. We lit candles. We had a lovely kids program. We uh, had um, a sit-down dinner for 55 uh, within the Canada Pavilion in the Invest in Canada Business Lounge. Uh, and it was really, really well, nicely done. And after that, we had after party at the Israel Pavilion where we featured a Canadian band, Aviva Chernik and La Serena Trio, and featuring Miriam Toller. And Aviva and her band were so amazing. They sang in Hebrew, Ladino, Arabic, Yiddish, English. And it was really um, just so symbolic of the entire vibe and what we wanted to achieve for Hanukkah. But it was like, I would told people it was like a bar mitzvah. Like, I was the MC, and I would get on and do my MC thing and say my speeches, and I would be like, welcome back to Malka's Bat Mitzvah. Like, seriously, it, it was huge. Well, so I mean, it. table centers, and I saw some pictures, um, uh, you know, the menu. Was the menu, yeah. were you able to do it kosher? Was there any thought to kosher? Oh, no, it was fully kosher, catered. And we, you, and we had to kosherize the kitchen at the Canada Pavilion, and everything, the dishes, the glasses. We had a mashkiach in the kitchen the entire time. It was a full-on kosher event. I forgot to add that little simple element. That's a whole big challenge. I mean, that's let's dig into that a little bit. I know you had blueberry jam and beaver tails, which I was very excited to see. Yeah. Sorry? We called the beaver tails Canadian soufganyot. How do you so, do that with kosher stuff in a country where there's very, you know, 3,500 Jews? Uh, so, well, there's probably even less Jews living here, but we probably have more kosher food outlets here than they have in maybe Montreal. We have a full institutional kosher kitchen called Kosher Arabia, which does all the flight catering for Emirates Airlines and all of the airlines now that require kosher food, El Al, Air Canada, whoever. So it's a huge institutional kitchen and they also do catering of restaurants. And they're actually doing catering on the Canada, on the expo site just because kosher food now is being profiled. It's like, it's the new organic, right? It's like more halal than halal. So it's actually like really high in demand food. How did you navigate bringing a, an openly LGBTQ performer as Aviva, who's also Jewish, in a country where that is taboo? While certain things are crimes on the books... Here in the UAE, it's actually quite a very open and tolerant society. 
And so if you're not out um, flouting anything, first of all, that you're, it's a very conservative society, so you don't want to be out flouting anything. Like you don't want to be flouting your body, you don't want to be flouting your religion, you don't want to be, you can't, you don't want to be proselytizing your religion. Um, but there is this very uh, strong uh, live and let live kind of attitude. And as a performer from Canada and as Canada's presence, we um, obviously we support um, diversity in all its, it's all its uh, you know, shapes and sizes. And we didn't have a problem. So it was good. She was comfortable. We were comfortable. Um, wasn't a problem. I mean, to be fair, you know, Freedom House gives the UAE a bad rating in terms of press freedom, uh, democracy, and a whole list. I'm sure you're aware. Mm -hmm. I don't have to. So how is, how is a Canadian Jewish woman, does that impact your personal day-to-day -day relations? You, uh, there's conversations that you can have behind closed doors. There's conversations you can have privately, and there's conversations that you can have publicly. So it's always just a matter of um, adjusting uh, your frequency. But personally, as a Jewish woman in the UAE, I have never, ever had a problem here. And I arrived here, you remember, 2018, well, behind, well before the Abraham Accords. I was, to be honest with you, to the last minute, wasn't sure that they were going to accept my credentials to the day that I arrived. First of all, I thought it was a bold move for the government to send a Jewish woman to Dubai. And then I thought it was an even bolder move for the UAE to accept me. Um, but I was, that was the perception. And that's the other thing I think about this country, um, is that there's a lot of misperceptions about what happens here. But I never had a problem being a Jewish woman in Dubai. I didn't talk a lot about it. I didn't lead with that at the beginning. But post-Abraham Accords, it's actually what's defining my posting. Emiratis come to me. They wanted me to interpret for them. They, they, call, they call on me as a representative of all the things that they want their country to be. You mentioned the difference in between Abu Dhabi and, and Dubai. Let's talk about that in, from a Jewish lens. How are the two cities, Jewish communities uh, different? So Dubai is a much larger populace and that is where the Jewish community be began. And that is where the nucleus of the Jewish community is. But there is a vibrant Jewish community here in the UAE. There's a, uh, the, there's a licensed congregation uh, with a rabbi that celebrates all the Chagim. Uh, they have Shabbat, I believe, regularly. Um, and there's quite a few people that show up for the events. I was surprised. I went for Yom Kippur for Kol Nidre, and there was probably 50 people there. And um, Yom Kippur Day, uh, there was probably 100. And Rosh Hashanah, there was probably 100. So it does bring people out. And the more that it is um, um, known about these communities, the more people come out and join them. Because when I came in 2018, everyone was really in the shadows. Nobody was leading with their Judaism, even in Dubai. I saw pictures of you with some Canadian uh, World Jewish Congress people. Yes. So you're like... Uh, I'm on the circuit now. I'm on the circuit. Uh, WJC, the Young Leaders was here. UJA President's uh, Circle was here last week. Uh, the Montreal Federation was uh, here to, um, as a prelude to their mission that they have in February. They were here last week. Um, yeah, everyone's coming through. And it's, it's amazing. And I don't know if you know anything about the Abramic family house. Yes, uh, I've seen pictures. It's 20% it's right. built, but maybe we could quickly tell our listeners, the Pope, everybody's involved. In February of 2019, the Pope came. 
that's when they signed the document of human fraternity. And that, that was what, when they announced the building of the Abrahamic family house, a mosque, a church, and a synagogue all on the same campus in Abu Dhabi. That was the UAE government. That was pre-Abraham Accords. This is going to be a, a religious showpiece for the world. You've said that you felt the UAE was calling you. This is mm-hmm. in earlier interviews, I think, with the Jerusalem Post. What does that look like? When I got to Dubai as a Jewish Canadian woman, I thought, wow, that's why I'm here. Like, my country sent me here to, to be me on behalf of them, to represent all the great things about Canada through me in this country, um, in this opportunity. And so I was really, um, and so I thought, this is it. This, this is why I was here. But as it turned out, I got a surprise promotion to Abu Dhabi soon after I arrived here. And even though I really didn't want to leave Dubai because I really loved it, I realized when I got to Abu Dhabi, which is where the heart of the government is, where the Abrahamic family house is going to be built, where all the decisions about Canada, uh, sorry, well, Canada-UAE relations, but also Israel-UAE relations, this is where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be here in Abu Dhabi for this, for the Abraham Accords. So, and I still feel my job is not over. It's, it's not really a, a job. It's, there's a calling and there's going to be another evolution here. And I'm not sure what it is. I've put a lot of messages out to Hashem and I'm going to see the way he, res- he she responds. And that is what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Michael Ostfield of Toronto. He wrote in to find out more details about how those TDSB trustees voted at last week's meeting about anti-Semitism and to get their names. And we'll end the episode with some of the performance at Canada's official Hanukkah party from the UAE that featured Aviva Chernik with her La Serena band. And the audio is thanks to Jean Levasseur. Oh.